We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. I've got a question to pose to you today for you to have a think about. Do you, do you believe that prayer is powerful? Okay, well, yeah, that's good. I'm pleased. This half of the room were very clear. I'm not so sure. About <laughs> so, so you believe prayer is powerful. Now, here's, here's a little bit more of a challenging question. Is the way you live your life consistent with the way you just answered that question? Hmm, see there. See, that's it, isn't it? Now, I understand why some people have lived their lives having never prayed to God. Not in this room, I just, you know, I couldn't imagine that. But, um, you know, I can understand why some people have never prayed to God. Like, they don't believe in God, so why would they pray to God? So I, I don't necessarily agree with their theology. I, you know, it's not where I come from. But I accept that there are people in the world that don't believe in God and they don't pray. And I, I respect that at least their life is consistent with their beliefs. However, if you know God to be real, and he's invited you to this place to meet with him in prayer, in worship, where you encounter him personally. Then prayer, worship, things that bring us into the presence of God ought to be the highest priority of our lives, right? Yeah, got, got a bit quieter around there. <laughs> prayer is one of those things that is either the most important things in the world or it's of no consequence at all, right? Either God is real, and meeting with him, and hearing from him, and him speaking to us, is the, one of the most important things in life, or God's not real, and prayer doesn't matter, but it's, it's like either one way or the other. You, there's there's kind of no middle ground. What, what doesn't make sense is living a life where you believe in God, and you hardly ever pray. Or it just becomes a peripheral thing to your life where you go, okay, well, maybe when I get sick or I'm kind of in financial difficulty, then I'll call out for, to God, but otherwise I'll just carry on living my life. Well, in this series that we're looking at, that, that would be a pretty ordinary life, but it wouldn't be living beyond ordinary. And we're looking in, in this series as we go through the book of Acts at people who live this beyond ordinary life. And one of the things that we see is they met with God in prayer. They heard from him. They encountered him. Acts 2, 42 says this. It'll come up on the screen. Acts 2, 42 in the NIV says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So they devoted themselves to all these things, and one of those things was prayer. They devoted themselves to it. Now, what happened when they did that? What, what does it look like when you devote your life to a, a life of prayer? Well, first of all, you come to know God. What we, what we see here is that people, individuals, but also as a whole community, they came to know God more. And that's what we were worshipping and praying about this morning, wasn't it? That we would know God. Show us your glory. Reveal more of who you are. A couple of examples of this is in Acts chapter 10, where we read of a guy called Cornelius who wasn't actually even in the church, but he recognized that God was real, and he prayed to God, even though he didn't know much about God, he still prayed to him. People do that, you know, which is incredible. God is at work around us, even, you know, 
beyond what we think. And so Cornelius prays, and God arranges events so that Cornelius learns more about who he is. And Cornelius and his whole household are transformed into this encounter with a personal, relational God. But not only is he the character in this story, but also Peter has this vision of going along to Cornelius' house and explaining the gospel to him, which was out of Peter's frame of reference. He didn't kind of think that Gentiles were open to the, the gospel, so Peter's life had to be changed. But notice that in both these situations, they were in a place of prayer when they heard from God. So if you want to hear from God, pray. And then God will reveal himself to you. Then you'll meet with him. Then he will change your life. Now, how does that work? How do we, how do we go about that? Because some of you are going, well, I, I approach prayer and I, you know, I, I pray through all this stuff and some of it happens, some of it doesn't happen. Like, is there more to prayer than that? Yes, there is. There's so much more. And the motivation that we see here in Acts and my encouragement to you today would be let your motivation be a coming to prayer to meet with God, not just bringing your shopping list. It, it, it's, it's, it's a massive difference between the two. And, and where I, in my observations of people going through the, the discipleship journey and in their Christian walk, is um, if they can make this transition uh, of a different approach to prayer, it radically changes their prayer life. And I know I've talked about this before but, uh, in this church, but if you're new here, uh, we'll, we'll go, go through it again. My encouragement is set aside a decent amount of time every day to pray. Now, that you can pick the time, and it can be um, where it works for you and when it works for you. That, that's fine. But don't just kind of go, okay, well, have I got things to pray about? Okay, that'll take a couple of minutes, and then you, you pray, and then that's it. No, 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 no. What I mean is set aside like at least like 10 minutes, uh, and it'll probably grow from there because what you'll probably find is you enjoy it so much and you get into it that it just grows and grows to 20 minutes or 30 minutes or more. So, But the, the approach is that you don't fill that space with other stuff. You know, you don't fill it with Facebook or TV or breakfast. You know, you can still eat breakfast. So it's fine. I'm not saying you can't eat breakfast. So I just say you just set aside a block of time. And th this is what I do. I just go from this time to this time in my day is my time that I meet with God. And I just don't put anything else in that time. I don't. I don't fill it with other things because there's always stuff you can fill life with, right? We're all busy people. I get that. But if you actually say to God, Lord. This is your time. Now then, when you're in that time, what do you do? Well, you can pray for things, sure. Uh, as it turns out, I don't actually pray for a whole lot of things. I just allow the Holy Spirit to guide me as to what things that he's got on his heart to pray for, and I, I pray for those things. And then when, it's, when I feel that, yeah, I've done that, I just go back to worship. I just worship God for who he is. I just celebrate him. I just focus my attention on him. I often pray when I'm walking. So, yeah, I get distracted now and again looking at things around me. But on the whole, I just try and keep my focus on the Lord. Um, you know, just speak in tongues, do whatever it is that helps you maintain that focus. And then in that time, if you give God time, an incredible thing starts to happen. You actually find that he directs your thoughts. 
and he brings things to mind that you wouldn't have naturally thought of. And there, right there and then, you're meeting with God. So my encouragement is approach prayer as a meeting place with God. So that's the first thing that we see these people do. They, they pray, and in their prayer time, in their worship, God changes them. They, they spend time with God, and God meets them in that place. And as he meets them in this, that place, he guides them. We looked at this a few weeks ago, but let's look at a, a scripture in relation to this. Acts chapter 13. So this is where they're sort of together worshipping and praying. Acts 13, verse 2 and 3. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. So they're in this place where they're going, okay, we've set aside time to just focus on God, to be in his presence. God says nothing, that's okay. If, if we don't get anything from God, that's okay. We're just setting aside time to encounter God. But the Holy Spirit says on this occasion, they hear from him. He directs their thoughts. He guides them. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now how did they know? Here's an interesting question. You look at you, you read a scripture like this, and I don't know about you, but you go, well, what does that look like? Like the Holy Spirit said to them, like, is there like this voice that came from somewhere and kind of goes, right, Paul and Barnabas, send them off, you know, and you kind of like, nah, it could have happened, but it's, it's unlikely. What's more likely is this, that because this group of people had individually and corporately spent time in God's presence, that it was their habit of life to set aside time in their day to pray, and they already knew what it was like to sense that God was present with them. They felt his peace. They, they sensed that God, they knew when God was present. They knew, they, they learned to discern what was their thoughts, because we all get that, that. Trust me, you're not the only person that goes to prayer and you go, okay, okay, God, you know, oh, that's right, what am I going to cook for tea tonight? You know, like it, you know, our thoughts go all over the place. I, I, I get that, you know. So, but there is, there is a discernment that comes when you spend quality time in God's presence where the natural thoughts and all the thoughts of your day and all the to-do lists that you've got to have, you can push back a little bit and you hear and you discern the thoughts that are coming to mind that you go, that must be of God. Because I wouldn't have thought that. And you start to lean in on those impressions, on those, on what God's saying to you. And as you do that, personally, here's the thing, when you gather corporately, God will speak to you in those moments. And it will be the same type of sense of his peace. It'll be the same type of voice that you hear or thoughts that come to your mind when you're doing it in private as you do it in public. Does that make sense? It's not, you know, when, when people get up and they give a word of knowledge or a prophecy or something like that, you think, how did they hear from God like that? Well, it's just because they've spent time in God's presence and they got used to discerning what thoughts and what words are from them and what words are from God. It's, it's actually quite a natural process because the Holy Spirit is living in us and, and revealing who God is to us. So the same Spirit that is at work in us as we pray is the same Spirit that's among us here now as we minister to each other. Does that kind of make sense? Does that help you? 
And so they became more aware of God guiding them. They became more aware of not only what God was doing in them, but as you become more aware of what God's doing in you, you become more aware of what God's doing around you. Suddenly, the world opens up to you. You see it through God's eyes, not just through natural eyes, and you start living that life beyond the ordinary. So they come to God in prayer, and they come to know God in a deeper way. God speaks to them. God guides them. Here's the third thing that happens in prayer that we see in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. We know what that feels like in Christchurch. Um, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. So what we see here is that when they come into God's presence, whether that's corporately or personally, as they come into God's presence, God empowers them with the Spirit. God loves to do this. God isn't like a, a stingy God. He's not holding back his Holy Spirit. As Logan was sharing before, it's, it's the second most amazing gift that God has given to humanity. The essence of his life and his spirit poured out into us. And he loves to pour out that gift. He loves to give us that gift. So we all need more of the Holy Spirit, right? So my prayer that I pray every morning is, God, fill me more with your Holy Spirit. I need more of you. It's not just a one-time event where someone prayed for me and I kind of got, you know, there was a, the sense that the Holy Spirit was on me. No, I pray every day for more of God's Spirit. I hope that's your prayer as well. And, it, and it's what we see here. And as they prayed, that's what God does. He goes, okay, here you go. And he, he, he gives them a change of attitude, or he gives them boldness where they, they didn't have boldness before. And what I see when um, people pray these prayers, where they go, oh God, I need more of you, Holy Spirit, come, is he, he empowers us and he changes, he changes what we want to do. Does that make sense? Let, let me give you a couple of examples. There, there are naturally, in my life, I'll, confession time, if, if someone's done an injustice towards me, my initial reaction isn't, oh, bless you, you know, you cut me off in traffic, but oh, I love you, you're just, you're just, you're just wonderful, it's okay, you know, I'm lining up, I'm in a hurry, and someone cuts in the line, I'm like, hey, you're so cool, I just think you're great, <laughs> it's not my natural reaction, you know, and, and it, okay, they're just sort of like surface things that tend to, you know, you forget about a few minutes later, but if, if someone's actually spoken badly of you, and something like that, and, and it really hurts, and then, and then God says, ah, uh, how about you forgive, you go, oh, yeah, really, like, come on, yeah, do you know what they did, you know, like, so, Releasing forgiveness isn't something that I would naturally do. But I know that if I ask God's empowerment to do it, suddenly my heart changes towards that person and does give me a love for that person. I, I can release forgiveness. Uh, there, are, there are times where, um, I, I certainly probably not so much now in my life, but um, when I was younger, where the thought of sharing my faith with someone else, I thought, oh, you know, just fill me with dread. It's like, oh man, what if they, what if they reject me? What do, what do they say? How do I go about this? And all that. 
But if I prayed and said, God, empower me, help me to do this, give me the want to forgive. Give me the want to share my faith. Now, it may not happen straight away, but sometimes I would look back over the last few weeks and go, well, I've actually completely shifted in my desires and my attitude towards this. And I go, yeah. Oh, that's right, I actually asked for that. <laughs> Have you had that in prayer where you've actually asked for something consistently and then God's just gradually shifted something in your life? And what he's doing is he's empowering you with his spirit. And the first thing, as we looked at last week, is the first thing the Holy Spirit does is he deals with character issues, like I was talking about the forgiveness things and things like that in your life. But once... Once he's worked that through, he starts going, okay, now I'm going to give you things to give to others. I'm going to empower you with things like a word of knowledge for someone else or uh, a prophetic insight for someone else. But all of that comes by the same Holy Spirit. The sense of what that sounds like is still from the same voice that you get in prayer. So do you see how, how prayer links this all together? We come to know God more, we hear from him more, and he empowers us. We, we get to a place where we go, oh, actually, I know I'm receiving from God when I'm focused on him, when I'm giving him time, when I'm hearing from him, and then, then things come a whole lot easier. Uh, I remember um, years ago trying to uh, work on sermons, and it was just like so hard work, and I was like, ah, oh, how do I go about that? And and it's not just that, okay, I've done hundreds of sermons now, so I'm a whole lot more practiced at it. Uh, it's, it's actually more I try and set aside time in my week where I'm going, God, I don't want to just rush into this and write down my thoughts. Lord, I want to hear from you. And I, I'd actually spend hours um, in the earlier part of the week not writing a whole lot of stuff down. I don't open my computer and start writing, I just take one or two notes and go, God, what, what is on your heart to say this week? See, see, when we come to that place of prayer, what I've discovered is you don't actually have to hear a lot from God for it to be really powerful. Have you discovered that? He, do, he doesn't speak to you in paragraphs or or um, you know, whole pages. Well, not my experience. If that's that's you, come and talk to me because I'd, I'd like to know how that kind of works. But for me, it's usually just one word or one line. And I go, okay, okay, okay. God, that's pretty big. Let me. I need. I need today to just process that because that's cool. Because no. if you know it's from Him, it's powerful. And as you said before, prayer's powerful, right? So, so let's adjust our lives like we see here in the book of Acts, to prioritize prayer. Let's set, a, set aside time where we meet with God. But the other thing that we see in the book of Acts is not only did they pray, but they also went. They went and connected with the world around them. If, you, if all you do is pray and you never go, then yeah, yeah, you're, you're connecting with God, but you're not taking that life. That life isn't impacting people around you. But if you go and you haven't prayed, I've been there, I've done that before, and it doesn't tend to work out that well. okay? Because you'll do it in your own strength rather than God's strength. But if you pray and you go, you'll see amazing things happen. You'll, you'll start living the life beyond the ordinary. And so 
In Acts chapter 13, as we were reading just in that, that scripture before, they prayed, they heard from God to send off Paul and Barnabas, and then they went. They actually went out into the world and connected with people, as we looked at, John T. looked at uh, three or four weeks ago. Now, I, I mucked this one up uh, years ago because I always thought, well, I've got to hear from God as to where to go first, right? You know, and if God gives me a mission and, uh, you know, people or whoever to reach, then, you know, then I'll know that that's where I'm meant to go and he, he'll bless it and I'll go do it and, and he'll empower me and we great, you know. So uh, when I was 21, I actually traveled uh, right around pretty much a, a decent chunk of the world. I went to about 20 different countries over, in the course of about 10 months. And as I was traveling around the world and doing my big OE, um, I was praying as I went, I went, God, do you want me to come to this country, to this people, to, to this group? And, and you can imagine kind of how that went, because I was kind of like, you know, like naturally you kind of go, well, I kind of really like this place. So God, can you really call me here? Because this is pretty cool. And, uh, then I went to India and went, ah, oh, God, don't call me here. <laughs> this is a really tough place. No offense if you come from India. It's just, <laughs> I just had some... Uh, lots of issues <laughs> in India. Um, and so there was, there's, I went through this process, and then it, I had this big revelation. It took 20 countries and 10 months and all this sort of thing to have this big revelation of missions around the world. And it's this. If you go and visit any mission or missionary around the world, almost every situation, there are a few uh, exceptions to this rule, but almost every situation you'll find missionaries are simply building relationships, right, with people in the culture. And they're doing events and doing things that build those relationships, build those connections. And as they're building those relationships, they share the gospel. Right, Susie? That's exactly what we do. That's exactly what they do. And, that, and then I had this big revelation. Hang on a minute. We can all do that. Right? So what does going out into the world look like? Yes, it may look like in the book of Acts, literally leaving New Zealand, although you're probably unlikely to do that at the moment, but it may look like in time leaving New Zealand, going somewhere, doing something, but more than likely what it looks like for all of us is you will go out into the world this week, right? You're going to go to workplaces and schools and your family and your connections and your groups and whatever else you're involved in. You already go into the world. You already relate to people around you. Well, in those relationships, take God with you. That's what they did. Now, what did that look like? Well, what that looked like is as they went around uh, to the people around them, firstly, one of the things that it looked like is they went to people that were already close or open to God. So when Paul and Barnabas were traveling around from place to place, uh, Acts chapter 17, 16, 17, 18, you read through those chapters, it often says, and they went to the synagogue as was their custom. In other words, they went to a group of people who already believed in God but just needed a bit more development in their theology. So they went to say, hey, you're already close to the truth. Let me just explain a little bit more of it to you. And you have that opportunity during your week or here in church. There will be people that come to church and they don't know as much about God or who he is as you do. So share, 
Just have those conversations. You don't need to talk about the America's Cup and, you know, why it's so weird how one team seems to win by heaps and then the other team seems to win. I still can't get my head around that. You know, and yes, we can talk about those sort of things and the weather and all that, but ask them about God. How do they know God? Where are they at with God? Have those sort of conversations. Good place to practice is in church because then when you're having conversations out there, you've already had some practice at it. But that's what they did. They went to people that were already a little bit close to God or had some knowledge of God and they sought to draw them even closer to God. So that's one way we can do it in our relationship. The second thing we can do and what we see in Acts is they invited people who were a little bit further away to explore more. They just used the opportunities. They were walking through a marketplace and, and encountered someone begging and who engaged them in conversation. And he said, hey, well, let's, let's pray for you. What can we do? How can we help you? Now, you can do that as well. There'll be interactions that you have at the supermarket. or And if you're open, if you're looking for those opportunities, and if you've prayed and you're listening excuse me, and discerning what the Spirit is doing, There'll be, there'll be those opportunities that God will open up. And that's my prayer every morning. I just say, God, I don't know who you're going to bring across my path today, but whoever does come across my path, let me bring your life to them. So the third thing that we see is there were specific people that God leads them to go to. You know, Ananias had to go talk to Paul and Philip goes and um, has this discussion about Isaiah with the Ethiopian eunuch. And there will be specific people that God will go, hey, how about you walk across the room and talk to that person? Now, I know that's a little bit scary, especially if you're an introverted person, not sort of an extrovert like me. But even for extroverts, that can be a little bit scary because you kind of go, I'm not sure how this is going to go. But here's the thing. If God has guided you, God will empower you. And they don't have to... You know, it's not like they have to have this massive God encounter. You may be just a link in the chain where you're just helping them connect the dots in their faith journey. So be open to God specifically guiding you. It probably won't happen that often, but uh, there'll be times where God is working in a person's life and he's brought you alongside them and he goes, right, this is the moment. And if you're open and you're listening powerful things will happen. So when, when we're kind of, because this is like the second to last in the series, so uh, Jonty's going to sort of wrap it up next week, but if you're looking at kind of the last six weeks or so, this journey that we've been on in the book of Acts, and you're going, what does it actually practically look like? Like what can I, how can I actually live this out? Well, the obvious one, and I hope you've picked this up as the main theme of the series is that pray for a greater empowering of the Holy Spirit. You cannot live the Christian life on your own. You cannot serve him and do what he's called you to do without his empowering presence in your life. It just doesn't work. If, if you try and do it, it will, it'll be hard, it'll end in frustration. But if you are filled with his spirit, if you are seeking more of his life in your life, and he's empowering you, you'll want to do it. It'll be exciting. It'll be living life beyond the ordinary. 
and what that practically looks like, like what you could actually do this week, is first of all, pray. That's one practical thing you can do, is actually set aside a decent amount of time each day and go, okay, at least 10 or 15 minutes, and go, right, God, this is your time. I'm not going to fill it with anything else. You can put on worship music, whatever keeps you focused, but just set aside time for God. And then as you do that, live with this, um, go out into your day and into your relationships. And as you go, have this kind of default no, perspective or ear open to what the Holy Spirit is guiding you and leading you to do. You know, like, here's another practical thing that I do. Like, um, I'm aware that, you know, every so often in my, in my day I have to drive for 10 minutes here or 10 minutes there. And it's easy, isn't it, to just jump in your car, turn the radio on and listen to whatever rubbish is on the radio. Um, or you could actually leave the radio off. And pray as you drive. Don't close your eyes. Don't be stupid. Um, (laughs) Keep your eyes open. But it's not that hard to pray and to drive, right? So there's 10 minutes in your day that you can just recenter yourself and pray and be looking for the next opportunity that God has for you. So just, just think creatively about how to spend time with God and how to keep an ear open to how he's guiding you and leading you. And the cool thing about this series, and this is the, another practical thing you can do, the cool thing as we've gone through this series is we've already heard some really cool stories about how God is working in this church family, how people have leaned into God more, how they've stepped out of their comfort zone and prayed for someone that they haven't you know, done much of that before. And we've seen healings, and we've seen people being impacted by those prayers. And we want to tell you about some of those things, but we also want to hear those stories. So in two weeks' time, so it's the 20, what is two weeks' time? 28th, is it? Of um, March. We're going to have a testimony morning. Cool? So, uh, and in particular, like, yes, we might have one or two testimonies of uh, how, like what we've done this before of, of historic stuff, but with this time around, we want it to be as current as possible. Okay, So if God has healed you in the last few weeks, if there's been a dramatic shift in your thinking in the last few weeks, if there's been a, a deeper um, empowerment of His Spirit that, or a deeper place that you've gone with God in the last few weeks, or someone's uh, prayed for you, or you've prayed for someone and it's, it's really impacted you, we want to hear those stories. Okay, Can you... Flick us an email, come and chat to us, just let us know. And the idea is that we just have lots of short, sharp testimonies, okay? So it's just like one or two minutes, it's not your whole life story, it's just like, God, this is what God's doing in my life right now, it's really cool. Is that cool? So, have a think about how you could share that uh, in a couple of weeks. Now, if you're really not that comfortable getting up and sharing a, a story like that, um, if you write it down and you're happy for us to share it, then we'll read it out. That's, that's, we're totally okay with that as well. So, but we, we want to hear the stories. Why? Because when we hear testimonies of what God is doing, it builds our faith, right? Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I, it really does. Uh, I love the last time we did this and just hearing how God is moving around us. And it will, it will encourage us and, and lift our faith as to what God is doing and how we can partner with Him.
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.